You are listening to the Commerce Insights with Woman podcast, where inspiring industry experts share their experiences and insights with us. We are here to bust the myth that commerce is complex, dull, and difficult. I am your host, Jacinda. Let's make commerce easy and exciting together. Welcome to another episode of the Commerce Insights podcast with Woolman. Here today with our chief evangelist, Mikko Rekola, to unravel the secrets behind building successful omnichannel strategies in 2023 and beyond. Welcome, Mikko. Nice to have you in today. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very good. I'm very excited about this topic, so let's get right into it. Uh, so the way brands interact with customers has been involved evolving constantly we've had the digital revolution and that's changed the game massively and then we have the direct to consumer business model that brands have started to leverage leverage for better customer experiences so how do you see this evolution up to this point what is it about today's consumer base and in general what what is happening in the playing field that is changing the way brands interact with customers thanks Jacinda, for a really good question if i look back um Pre-pandemic, people started to talk about omni-channel, omni-retail and everything that was related. And, and when it comes to Shopify and Shopify Plus uh, world, then there quite many started to, to, to sort of like explore with Shopify POS. And actually kind of many of our customers were in the first wave. We even surprised Shopify themselves that they had that many customers using Shopify POS and pushing it with, with tens of locations. Well, then came the pandemic and everything sort of like paused. People started to look online. Only oh, few had their POS location open and, and they gradually have opened up more. There were predictions that, that like physical retail will 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 get crazy again well that has not quite happened but people are more and more shopping in, in physical locations as example if we look at the black friday cyber monday data and data from the last quarter we can see that in our customers physical locations there are more and more customers coming back in there and they are shopping there so actually being present in, in physical life is very important as well for a D2C brand. And I actually feel that when you look as example at the US, the best brands have really like utilized the, the strategy where it's like commerce everywhere as, as Shopify states it, that you are not thinking about the, 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 the location, you are going where the customers are and you're serving the customers the best possible you only can. So that's that's everything in a nutshell. But if you would just like ask me that what's the basic take, do I believe in this kind of like... Uh, omni-channel strategy then yes definitely it's very important that you are also present in, in the physical life for most of the brands i want to emphasize not all it's not the thing for all of the brands if you're selling something where you don't add any value in, in, in the physical life then it's probably easier to do it just like very streamlined online but for most of the brands in categories such as fashion beauty um, other cpg categories it's very vital to be present also in the in, in the physical life and having your own own stores or pop-ups or whatever. Yeah, so the omni-channel approach is becoming extremely popular for um, very good reasons. But if we go back to the basics, how would you define omni-channel in 2023? Because I think many people confuse omni-channel with multi-channel, which means that a brand is present in several different channels. But how does omni-channel actually differ? 
Well, uh, it, it's a good question. Um, I've, I've, I've been speaking to some of the most uh, elegant and, and educated uh, people in the industry, and there is always that kind of a, uh, <laughs> almost a fight about that does omnichannel even exist and what does it mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means that you are selling both online and offline your own brand in your own stores whether they are physical stores or online stores and as you mentioned then that kind of like multi-approach would be that you're also using other parties and resellers and trying to make sure that you uh, grab at enough attention or get enough market there and what I feel when discussing with with specialists in the industry and our customers it's not anymore not not anymore like either or but it's in most cases both for brands um, that want to expand, you want to explore different strategies. And when it comes to omnichannel, it actually means that you could somehow benefit out of the data that you are collecting in both of the channels so that you could map the customer journey from offline to online and back and forth. And then you could have like pick up in stores and others. And then the typical issue in the old world has been that there is no system where you can easily map those customer journeys omnichannel, meaning that when you jump from physical to online and back and forth, so there is no system that can do that, or there are, but those systems are way too expensive for growing D2C brands or smaller D2C brands. But then everything changed when, when Shopify announced sort of IPOS and has developing that further. So there is a single silo where you get all of the data. So as example, just in the, you have been shopping for brand A online, you have been shopping new shoes, and then you're like, oh my, these were really good. I want to have these in another color. And then you go to a store or a pop-up and get the, get the other color as well from the same brand. So then the brand can follow you omni-channel in both of the sources, which is actually interesting because then you can spot that you have been shopping both online and offline. And then as example, the brand owner can look at what item did you pick? Uh, and, and, and if you want to return, will you return in, in the physical life or online life or both? So that's like sort of the omnichannel experience in, in a Shopify world. So I would maybe uh, put it this way. It's like a seamless experience for the customer rather than having to jump from one channel to another channel without any connection uh, between those two, uh, you're providing that kind of seamless experience no matter if they're offline, online. Yes, and the biggest sort of like benefit is for the brand itself that you get the data. You can actually follow your customers in multiple different channels. And that has been very hard or at least very expensive or hard and expensive in most cases in the past. And then you have you've had some hiccups and issues. And I, I remember still that world that was that was horrible. That was that was not, not a dream. So when looking at our customers who are now doing this, uh in a very simple manner, an elegant manner, and sort of like I, I think like the best example is is the former CEO of a very major uh, Nordic um, uh, brand uh, who were like looking that should they jump on on Shopify POS, and he said that it was roughly like five minutes calculation, and it, it was a no brainer. We go with Shopify Plus, we go with POS, and and that we just broke it because of the expenses. So it's actually cheaper than ever to run a very successful omnichannel operation um, in, in the like retail era. So I think that's, uh, that's, that's super interesting. Is that a unique thing that only Shopify can 
leverage for their merchants or is there other platforms that are also able to do this quite efficiently? Well, there are other platforms as well, and we have been definitely looking at them very carefully, um, sort of like competi- competition to us and, and Shopify. But what I can see that when it comes to just like plain money and investing and investments, there Shopify is on another level. So it it's something that even the mom and pop shops can go like omnichannel. It doesn't cost a fortune. So uh, it's more accessible than ever. And actually, like when, when talking to, to quite many merchants, they have been super happy with the usability of the POS systems and how they have been developing them further. So it's actually easy for the merchant, easy for the people in the store, and easy for the customers to shop also in the physical life. And I think that not that many cases from, from online space have managed to, to sort of like do this successful switch also to the, to the physical life. So it's usability, it's cost efficiency, it's ease of use, and all of those together have made it possible that Shopify is sort of like the leading omnichannel platform on these volumes and these investment levels. Going back to the data, uh, unifying it all from online to offline, is this that something that Shopify offers on its own? Uh, I, I love the question. So first of all, yes, you get all the data in that sort of like one silo. You can look the basic data from Shopify's own analytics and you can, as example, map the sales. Uh, what then we've noticed is that this is still pretty new. Uh, it's it's a new market. It's it's not a market where, as, as example, the Shopify app developers would have taken by storm they are still like learning that what people use pos if you as example go to the app store and google for pos uh, type of solutions then you find just a handful of apps what we then have done as, as our job is to support our customers is that in our data management platform ellis we have been supporting shopify pos out of the box since day one um, so you can get more advanced reporting, as example, when it comes to uh, dates, uh, salesperson's performance, weekdays, time of the day, and all of those. So you get very advanced analytics. Some of the biggest customers, we can even do sales forecasting in POS locations so that they can optimize the people um, and, and there's the physical stores there as well. And then you can always compare everything to your online sales. And then, of course, like the customer tracking when it comes to that, that more omni approach, that's also something that, that we do support in Ellis. So you can easily do segments that are only POS or segments that are only online and segments who are operating in, in, in that omni approach and then follow them and understand how they are um, sort of like uh, generating more traction. So definitely, yes, uh, we can help with that. But out of the box, it's already like a pretty good, or I would say like decent plus level level data support. And, and sort of like still pointing out that it's super easy to take Shopify POS out and, and let, it, let it roll. I would love to hear some more live examples. You've worked with many customers. Have you implemented any other strategies when it comes to this omni-channel approach and what has the results been? 
Well, that's a, that's a really good question. I actually like the question again a lot. Thanks, Cecinda. <laughs> so, so what we've noticed, um, I would like to point out like just few few cases. Like I, I think like number one is the case uh, where where quite many of our customers are talking about similar society from Sweden. It's a H and M group brand, and um, it says uh, sort of like a subscription service with a monthly fee, and they also have physical location in, in Stockholm, Sweden. And I think that if I look at POS locations, when it comes to our customers, this might be the one and the finest. And it's the one that at, at least in the Nordics people keep talking about. And they, it's powered by Shopify POS. So I think that's that's something nice that, that when you have your subscription, you want to look for the good goods and you want to look at the new items, then you pop up to the store and, and you can see them in person. And you can check them out and then you can still order the, the things online which I, I feel that is sort of like the future of retail. Um, that would be one of my favorites. And then uh, in Finland, we have that uh, this really nice clothing chain called Nanso. Um, they are using Shopify POS and Elvis seamlessly together. Um, and as that they have been expanding and opening new locations, they have been looking at the Elvis data very carefully and then trying to understand and optimize the experience, how to make sure that we serve our customers nationwide do we need physical locations where, what can we do online, uh, and how do those physical locations also support our online sales? So I think that's uh, that's sort of like part of the beauty. Is there any other top players in the field that you've seen have done this omni-channel really well, someone we can get inspired by? <laughs> well, Jacinda, should I share a secret with you? <laughs> yes, please. I was back in the days um, thrown out of a Allbirds store in San Francisco. I was asking them too many questions. So if I would just like ought to pick just one, then I, I would definitely think that it's Allbirds. Uh, it's how they, they did like utilize, first of all, like Shopify POS, but uh, how they sort of like reinvented the physical world. Their stores are not that big but they are a place where it's a joy to come to visit. And I think like the best part is that they understood what is vital in retail. It's this one-on-one. -on -one. We are looking at each other. So there is always a salesperson who seeks immediate contact with the customer, asked how they are doing and asked what they would like to hear. And asked, as example, that are you aware of our new woolen runners or whatever so the personal approach has been the thing so people have been wondering that why do all birds uh, have that kind of a success in physical life well it's been going up and down lately but still like you know in a longer longer time span they have done well um, and how they can succeed with so small stores small stores at least on u.s scale um is is that they have like really put some thought to to, to the physical life as well so I think like that would be my number one case. It's been like ultimately very, uh, very something that I have been trying to replicate to our customers and explaining what they do differently. Um, and I'm very keen to, to visit again one of those old bird stores to see how they have updated the concept. Then there are, of course, other cases which I personally love, such as Chubby's or Everlane, where they have definitely like push the limits in, in physical retail, try to come up with new ways on um, 
how to really like make things happen and how to serve the customer. Because if you are in the physical space, your number one target is to understand and serve the customer and make sure that the customer doesn't run away. They stay there. They add more stuff to the basket, all the same stuff that happens online. But in off- offline, it's just like slightly different. You do it in a different manner. So you want to optimize the experience and make sure that it will be as personal and as joyful as only possible. And then the catching sound. So, so that's roughly it. For me, one of the cool things I read about, I think it was Nike who did this. They had kind of like a QR app and you could go in store and you can actually get the product information from the app and scan the products. So you're kind of utilizing this mobile uh, while you're still in the live location. I thought that was quite uh, innovative. So a lot of yep. U.S. brands seem to be doing this really well. So when when we look at European brands, do you think that they're kind of lacking behind to the U.S. brands? Or, for example, China specifically, I've heard that they seem to really have this seamless customer experience nailed down. So why is this and, and how can European brands hone in on their skills? Well, that's, that's a really good question. And I would like to still point out one case. It's Amazon Fresh. As example, in the UK, that's the like, possibility that you just like show the app and you don't really need to pay at the counter. I think that's that's the future. I remember when I visited some of those locations in the US and now they have come to Europe, but they are always coming from the US. Perhaps the only like exception would be like Jim Sark and their brand new store in downtown London. Um, so there they have done some very innovative things. But still, I think like when it just comes to the volume and locations, uh, U.S. is still innovating um, when it comes to that kind of a retail. And China, definitely, yes. Um, China is sort of like a different type of player in, in many ways. Um, but when it comes to sort of like Europe, there are no actual obstacles why European brands couldn't innovate as well. And it's been like thought that in 2023, the buzzword for D2C brands is to go physical. So I'm really much waiting for innovations uh, to, to happen and occur. People are a lot talking about sort of like, uh, sort of like order online and pick up in stores. Well, in my terms, that's not an innovation that has been existing for, for kind of a while. So I'm, I'm looking for much more wild ideas, uh, what, what could happen in the physical retail. Um, and, and perhaps if I would need to think something where, where the European brands could succeed really well would be as example, recycling older items. Could you accept those in the physical locations? I know as example, H&M Group has been exploring with that. That would be a, a big win-win definitely. Um, and then the second part is sort of like the one that I keep praising about is like connecting physical goods and services. So what kind of services you can offer, offer in, the, in the more physical space? Um, and what I would love to see from the European branches is that they would do more collaborations with other branches as well. So as example, if you're selling luxury dresses, you could you can make sure that in that one pop-up store or one physical store, you would share that space with someone who is adding value. It can be jewelry, it can be chocolate, it can be, as example, Korean beauty that seems to be trending in the Nordic world right now. So you could do these kind of combinations that it's, it's, it's a holistic experience. So that's definitely something that, that I would like to see happen more. Um, and then second part is that how to make sure that the customers would return. So maybe adding a few surprises here and there, right? I love it. Customer lifetime value, sustainable options, 
collaborating, joining forces. It's, it's, it's all very good, uh, advice. So thank you, Miko, for that. Uh, just about the pop-up stores that you mentioned, because for many digital, digitally native brands, that might be a good solution to offer that on-site experience without opening a permanent location. So do you see these still as valuable and something that can be leveraged in building these customer relationships? We definitely see value here. And with Shopify POS, you can actually do them with a, with a real like modest investment. And then you can change the location to understand that. What I personally find somewhat bothering is that <laughs> at least it brands in the, in the Europe feel that when you are doing like pop-up, you can be lazy. <laughs> you can just like open it up and come, customers will come or then they won't come. So somehow when you would open a pop-up locations, it would be less serious than a permanent physical locations. And let me tell some news. It's not. You need to invest in the pop-up when it comes to marketing, the strategy, the location, the salespersons and everything that is related. So I don't really understand the idea that when you open a pop-up you should be lazy or you could be like uh, just like try try it out so if i would do any pop-up if i would have a, a a brand i would be very cautious and plan it very accordingly where do i want these locations mapping the data changing the locations a b testing stuff there as well and making sure that even though it would be a pop-up locations it is a very serious operating business and i would like it to succeed so um I would perhaps like prefer from the branch that they do a bit less pop-ups, but they would be more thoughtfully put up, put together and planned and marketed and so on. And I want to combine with that, that if you are doing pop-ups, the basic thing for a brand is that you are also doing some kind of location-based marketing. As example, with Nida, you can do marketing for less than a one kilometer uh, circle. So you can do very location-based stuff. And you can also plan some activities with, with some pop-ups. My personal favorite would be, as example, one of our customers, Kaiko, who are doing like tours with their with their truck around the country and and then doing pop-ups during the summertime and doing that kind of like a carnival which has been extremely powerful i would like to see these approaches more and more beautiful okay so last question because we're running out of time are there any other trends you have not mentioned yet that you are seeing as huge opportunities to further make this omnichannel customer experience well, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. Like I would say that number one is that <clears throat> you need to explore that. If you haven't done that yet, if you feel that that would add, add value, then definitely yes. Then the second part is that you can also sell in physical life uh, stuff that you don't have uh, available online. So you can differentiate in that sense. And then third one is that if I would do it like properly, I would also map the competition. What are my competitors doing? How can I stand out from there? How can I make sure that I'm really like uh, very alert there? And then last part, um, <laughs> the most important, even though you go physical, it doesn't fix your existing problems. So <laughs> it's not a like a golden nugget in that sense, but it's the one where you can actually add value to your customers. So probably the basic, basic question I would ask myself is that what is the value I can bring in physical life? Why should I go there? Not the only answer can't be that I can make more money, but what kind of value I can bring to my customers is, is the one that I'm more like looking for. 
And as example, combining that with some events would be the beauty. If you are having a football match, if you are having a fashion show, whatever, there and combining the physical stuff with, with pop-ups or, or stores, then I see more much value being, being generated. And I'm very keen to hear that what Shopify also offers next year and, and upcoming years when it comes to Shopify POS, there are new features coming all the time. So hopefully something that would help to recognize those VIP or loyal users that you can actually use POS for, for great volumes as well. Thank you so much for your time, Mikko. And thank you for our listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.